0: So we're back, and um, welcome to the Parent and NI podcast. I'm Emma and um, it's been a whole year actually since we la- launched the Parent and NI podcast. Um, and I have to say that I'm surprised there are so many of you listening. Um, it's really surpassed our expectations. Um, and having lots of people listening all over the world as well, actually, which is a bit mind-boggling. But thanks for sticking with us. Uh, it's class to have you each month joining us as we discuss different topics that come up along the parenting journey and um, try and give you some interesting information and hopefully some tips along the way. This month we're going to be talking about that transition that can be an emotional and challenging change uh, when you leave primary school and head off to big school. Many children have been attending opening evenings, preparing for transfer tests, sitting the tests and maybe even getting the results this month. So we thought it was the perfect time to chat about the concerns that children and parents have around transition. And I'm joined by Charlene Bricks and Kelly Barber today to discuss uh, this topic. How are you, Charlene? Morning, Emma. How are you there? How are you, Kelly? Morning, good. Emma, I'm good, thank good you. Good stuff. So um let's maybe just start at the beginning in preparing for um this massive change that children are going to go through. Um, Charlene, you have a child that's getting ready to prepare for all that at the minute and um, would you maybe be able to give us a bit of insight into what goes on around that?
1: Yes absolutely I have three children all close in age so they're all going to be due to go through that transition sort of simultaneously almost year oh after year <laughs> so uh, this is my first experience personally of having a child who's preparing for that transition and I think one of the really valuable lessons I'm learning at a very early stage is that we need to go at our own children's paces because Mm -hmm. every child is so different um, and some of the things you think they may be concerned about they're not and other things that they seem to be concerned about. So at the moment yes we're doing the open evenings Um, i wasn't quite prepared for that because my child my oldest child is in p6 and Mm -hmm. i suppose um before the start of this year i'd been thinking i had another whole year to wait yeah and i think one of the very early learning curves were in november december when our primary school let us know as parents Actually, when your child's in P six, that's when you need to be thinking about what school they might go or might attend. Particularly if they're going to be sitting one of the transfer tests. Mm-hmm. Um. So most of the secondary grammar schools all encourage P six and P seven children and parents to go along. Mm-hmm. There's quite a short window, um, oh, right. of opportunity. Most of the open evenings are in uh, around the Feb in January and into early February. Mm-hmm. Um. <coughs> as we have learned, lots more on the same date at the same time, okay. which again. Puts It's a little bit of stress onto families to try and then choose which school to go to, even for the open Mm -hmm. day or the open Mm -hmm. evening. And I think one of the things that we're really seeing quite early on is that an open evening can be really enticing for a child or a parent. Mm -hmm. But obviously that isn't necessarily what school life is going to look like in that school. So even some of the teachers in the schools that (coughs) that we have been uh, going around have talked to us about that and said, look, you know, we've everything on display, we've mm. every single piece of apparatus out in the PE hall. Mm. The science labs look phenomenal, um, you know, they've got smoothie bars and they've got like refreshment stands. And the reality is the schools don't normally look like that. Yeah. Um, so I think for me as a parent, it's about seeing everything they have to offer, but then talking to my child about the reality as well that this isn't necessarily going to be what that school looks like on yeah. a daily basis. Yeah. Because certainly what's presented is the best of the best on the opening open as you would expect yeah. it, you know, anybody to do. But um, I think in reality I have to say as a parent at the moment of a P six child Going round the schools and having a look and hearing all the principals and seeing what's offer has actually made the decision more complicated. complicated <laughs> um, because the schools have been all been fabulous. They've all been so welcoming. Um, they've been different, yes, but they've all been very um, in, engaging and inviting to parents. So I think um, it's been it's been a unique experience. But we've by no means made any kind of decision yet. And obviously, it's really important to us, our daughter. Um, has a voice as well um, mm-hmm. uh, but she changes every day one <laughs> day it's a school and then the next day depending on something somebody has said it's a different school and then we're learning about how to get to the schools what transport's going to be involved and then that's affecting her decision because she doesn't want to have to travel for yeah. longer than an hour yeah. so those kind of things are all we're just <clears throat> conversing about we're under no pressure at the mm-hmm. moment um. but certainly uh, at the start of the transition we're already seeing how stressful it could potentially yeah, be. Yeah,
0: and that's quite early on too, yeah. as you say. And Kelly, you have a child who's who's been through all yes. this already. Um and she did she start first year yeah, this yeah. First last year. In year? September, okay. Yeah. So what about from your perspective, if you think back mm-hmm. and yeah. um, to where Charlene was or yeah. is now um,
2: um well firstly I have to say I can't believe it was only a year ago. <clears throat> that's really overwhelming. Um, what I would say to reassure parents is that it is a mixed bag of emotions both fam- you know all parts of the family feel it mm-hmm. um, but you do come out the other end quite unscathed mm-hmm. um, and it does become a very distant memory as it is for me at the moment mm-hmm. and for Emily. Um, so I think the biggest part of it for us was the waiting, mm-hmm. that feeling of mm-hmm. you're in limbo so okay. you do the tests you wait for the results You choose your school and then you're waiting again to find out what school you've been accepted into. And I think actually that wee window Uh is almost the hardest part because then you're building up scenarios in your head. Mm -hmm. Emily had her dream school, the one she wanted to go to, and she was thinking, well, what if I don't get to go to that school? What am I going to do? All my friends are going to be there. So it was trying to reassure her that, look, whatever happens, we'll work through it together as a family. Mm -hmm. You're not on your own. Um and um for us everything did work out quite well Um, and she did get into the school she wanted so she is settling quite well i have to say now there were a few wee hurdles at the start um in terms of kind of managing all these new subjects she was gonna have to learn and more than anything all these books and um, folders and papers that she had to carry each day Mm um so that was a learning curve for her and kind of the the size of the school that she was going yeah. into. So hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of um, pupils compared to much less than that in her primary school. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were a few things that she did have to overcome, but mm-hmm. I have to say um, she has settled in quite well. Yeah. Um, but we were very mindful of the fact that that reassurance being there for her being present for her um listening to any worries that she had and not sort of pamming them off and like it'll be fine Don't worry mm-hmm. it was very much well look what is it that you're specifically worried about and what can we do to help you yeah um so we did all of that and um it, it seems to have worked out for the best really well
0: that's good mm-hmm. um taking it back before we even get to the transition itself and thinking about the process before they even get to move in school, there's a lot of stress for the child, um, and for their parents as well, up until that point. So I mean, even just thinking about myself going through it, um, I was ten at the time when I had to do my eleven plus as it was then. So I only had to set one test, whereas I mean, some children are setting multiple now, um. But I was a very shy and uh, nervous, you know, already very nervous child. Um, and I just remember the whole thing being terrifying, you know, I wasn't particularly good at school, um, academically I mean, you know, I was just average um, and so I was sent to a tutor, you know, as well and I hated it and so I actually I spoke to mum and dad uh, about it uh, just before coming to do the recording this week just to get their thoughts on it and um, they had just said well, you know, we wanted to give you the same opportunity as others um, because there's other children in the class being tutored and, and just to give you the best chance um, and I get that because obviously as a parent you do want your child to do well um, but it's clear to me that there's a lot of pressure on parents too uh, when that's going on you know if other children are being tutored you kind of think I don't want my child to be at a, a disadvantage and then I can kind of identify with that waiting around too you know for the results that's that's nerve-wracking for both the children and the parents now as it turned out for me the tutoring did help, um, I did a bit better than expected but I didn't do well enough to get into the school that I wanted and so then there's the disappointment that comes with that as well and I do remember feeling a little bit apprehensive about that because I ended up going to a school that was much further away and I didn't know anybody there either but I do remember also being reassured by mum and dad and they helped me kind of prepare for that transition as well So drawing on my own experience, I guess, um, I do think it's a very stressful time for children worrying about what grades they need to get and whether they're going to secondary or grammar school. You know, um, I guess off the back of that very long winded anecdote about my experience, um, I'm just wondering really if you have any thoughts around the whole process and uh, and the impacts that it has on children and uh, of course their parents. I think sometimes we
1: forget the impact that we have as parents on our mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. um and you're absolutely right and this go- spans across so many issues and transitions is the one we're talking mm-hmm. about today but you know you're that child's role model for yeah. the main part yes they're going to be observing teachers and other uh, people that will be role models in their life but for the most part as a parent you're that the person that that child looks to yeah. so if you are demonstrating more significant levels of stress than you normally do or are appearing concerned about something, then your child will observe that and will be more likely to take that on board. Mm-hmm. <coughs> there is immense amounts of pressure on parents and there's undoubtedly, uh, hopefully, changes going to be made to our education system to try and look at all of these things yeah. around the transfer test and, and what's acceptable for our children from the age of nine, which most of them are in P6 mm-hmm. when all of this begins, right the way through then to make the transition when they're around 11 but as you say, there's things around tutors and, and, and decisions for parents to make. And whether both from a financial perspective uh, and also from a personal perspective, whether parents want to put that pressure mm-hmm. on their child. Yeah. But then as you say, there's peer pressure and, you, and a lot of parents feel pressurised into being told to give their child the best chance they need to do that yeah, yeah. so I suppose what I would encourage is each parent and each family to make their own decisions what's right for them and for their child and mm-hmm. um, if the child is going to a tutor and the family has chosen that as a path for them it's to make sure that the child is thriving in that environment and mm-hmm. um, there's absolutely no point in investing in a tutor and putting additional pressure on yourself as a family financially and on your child if the child isn't getting or or gaining mm-hmm. from it. Yeah. So it's about observing what that looks like and and is your child thriving in that environment. Okay. I and mean, most schools also will provide support so it isn't necessarily essential to send your child to a tutor mm-hmm. even though lots of parents believe that it is mm-hmm. so parents can be equipped by their primary school if they are choosing the path of doing those transfer tests for their children and there's often booster <coughs> classes and information seminars for parents and lots of different things available so I'd encourage parents to talk to their child's own teacher and indeed the head teachers of the schools about what's available there maybe first mm-hmm. and then look at what there are gaps and what the benefits or the, the disadvantages is going to be around a tutor but I think most importantly it's about parents managing their own stress mm-hmm. so that they have got opportunities to self-care mm-hmm. and are, are minding their their own mental health and well-being because that will have such a big impact on your child yeah, yeah. so it's about prioritizing your own well-being as a parent to be able to provide the best support you can to your child at, at this quite difficult time and i think one of the really interesting um pieces of research and, and i think both of you had noted it in our transitions paper that's available on our website is that although we talk about the challenge of transition and the stresses it brings, research would actually indicate that most children, I think it's in excess of 70% of children, find it quite easy. So although we're always concerned about the what-ifs, in the reality, yes, there will certainly be some children who will struggle for whatever reason, but most children will actually find the transition quite straightforward. So I think it is about, you know, not always necessarily looking at the downsides of transitions. Transitions can bring a whole new world, mm-hmm. a whole new set of friends, a whole new interest in a sport or an mm-hmm. after-school club that they haven't had an opportunity for before. So as well as looking at, I think, the challenges of transitions is about the opportunities it brings as well. And as families, parents, not to lose sight of that. Yeah. And that's certainly one of the things that we've been looking at really keenly in the schools that we're looking at. And we're looking at a whole range of different academic skills but also about the additionality so what clubs do those schools have what after school activities do they have what sports have they got because if your child's got a particular interest it would be really great if the school that they can go to can really harness that and open new opportunities that aren't just academic yeah Mm -hmm. so i think it's about trying to look in a broader sense rather than just focus on on the academic would be my thoughts around that
2: yeah i agree i remember um when we were looking at the schools, every time we left I said the same thing to Emily, mm-hmm. try and get involved in as many clubs and after schools activities as you can. You'll be absolutely fine then. Mm-hmm. And it is as you say, Charlene, it's about, you know, finding a new opportunity, something that you, you've never had before, yeah. that you can really thrive at, but also making new friendships, which I think is so mm-hmm. important. Um, especially in those early stages of the year yet, because to go in um you know not knowing very many people. I know in mm-hmm. Emily's situation and um, she was very lucky. She had other girls that were coming with her, even her best friend. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> but there were I think a couple of girls that had come from maybe 15 miles so from the very periphery of our um area mm-hmm. and um they were coming on their own and maybe having to make two or three bus rides mm-hmm. to get to school and they got there and you know they were feeling a bit isolated and alone. Um but I have to say I think the schools are really well equipped mm-hmm. they know that these year eights are going to be struggling they know they're going to have all these different challenges that they're going to have to face so they do have mechanisms in place mm-hmm. to try and help and support the year eights. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly in Emily's school I have to say I've been really impressed Um, mm-hmm. whenever she first um found out she was coming into the school. She got a little letter, you know, welcome, we're going to look really forward to, to seeing you at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, And then we were invited to come along to a one-to-one meeting where she met a teacher from the school. And I was, you know, I was there, but it was very much the teacher and and Emily. Uh-huh. And I tried to say things and I was just ignored. <laughs> I was kind of like, this is not about you, this is about <laughs> Emily. So they were asking her questions about her strengths and things that she might be worried about. Um, And she, in primary school, you know, she was very involved in football and athletics and she was told, well, look, we have these clubs, you can get involved in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has done that. Mm-hmm. But um, there they do, there is structures in place. So you've got those meetings and then, um, you know, they go in only for a few hours each day mm-hmm. when they start. Um, I think on Emily's first day, they had a treasure hunt to help them mm-hmm. to find their way around Brilliant. the school, which I thought was really yeah. good. Um, and then two or three weeks in they were they all went out to an outdoor activity center so it was about that team building Um. so they recognize that actually at this stage it's not about going straight into the learning it's about having those foundations of good friendships and um you know those social skills as well about well how will I talk to a new person because I've had this circle of friends for so long I haven't really needed to yeah. but here's somebody that I've never met from a different area that I live in you know how can I strike up a conversation so they do all of that sort of thing through activity and play and all those really vital things. Um, In terms of the supports in the school they had older girls that acted as peer supporters which mm-hmm. was great mm-hmm. so the older girls um actually took them around the treasure hunt mm-hmm. so they formed that relationship so that if they did have an issue, this person wasn't going to be completely unknown to them, which I thought was really good. Um, I guess the main point of contact would be their form tutor. Yeah. And um, so they see them consistently every day. They're not seeing these other ten subject tutors every day, but they do see their form tutor, which is really, really good. Um, so they would be a support and they'd be a first point of contact. That's
0: something that I was thinking about in terms of when you leave primary school. You're kind of a big fish in a wee oh, pond absolutely. you know by the time you're a p7 you kind of you're, you're slowly given that wee bit more responsibility mm-hmm. and and things um, and then when you go into big school you're you're the wee one again and kind of so that's quite a nice idea you know having the older ones mm-hmm. um help out and I guess even all those things of meeting new people mm-hmm. and getting into new sports and activities and things like that. It's all really helpful to help the child settle in as well. Um so yeah, that that's really good. And even knowing that there's more, that'll be reassuring the parents to know that there's more kind of in-school support yeah. um outside of just kind of what you're doing at home as well. Mm-hmm. But I suppose something that is really important and something that we would advocate parenting NI is those relationships between schools and parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that will be important in reassuring you as a parent as well I guess um, when you're going through that transition and maybe getting to know as you say their form teacher because that is something I think that's nearly used when you're in P7 like as kind of like a fear factor like oh, you wouldn't get away with that in big school or you know you'll have all these different teachers and different subjects and That is, I think, maybe a wee bit daunting as well. You're going into this big school and you're not having the consistency of the same teacher and you're learning different languages and different subjects you maybe haven't done at primary school. So what would be the advice for parents maybe when it comes to dealing with school, keeping those lines of communication open?
1: I think some of those things that you have just mentioned, for me, it's about how you positively talk about them so some of those things could certainly be challenging to children Mm -hmm. where they're having to move around a bigger school Mm -hmm. but if you think about the positives even as you're talking that you don't have to sit in the same classroom with the same people with the same teacher Mm -hmm. all day every day about the opportunities that that brings that you know you can move around you're going to you know second class is home economics which is your favorite and Mm -hmm. you've that to look forward to etc etc so it's trying to always look at what maybe the, the concerns are going to be for the child, but looking then at what the positive sides of that are going to be as well. Some of the other things that we looked at when we did our, our paper for the, the website was things that are quite easily achievable for families, but we forget about. So it's about your child being well fed and well rested. Mm-hmm. So a child who hasn't had a good night's sleep for whatever reason, is more likely to struggle when they get into school particularly if it's a new environment particularly if their, their anxiety levels are already mm-hmm. high for whatever reason so it's really important to try as far as possible uh, accepting that your, your child is going through a developmental phase and it may not be easy to get to sleep and all those things but to try and help your child have an environment that's as conducive as possible. So you have a regular bedtime routine, even though your child is at that older age. Mm-hmm. It's somebody's not the same as a toddler going to bed at half six, seven o'clock, mm-hmm. but they still have a good routine and there's some quiet time and, and whatever that, that pattern is. And then the next morning, and I know it's a bit contentious, and, and we've we've talked about this with many parents, is breakfast mm-hmm. and ensuring your child has uh, something in their tummies. I would say not get overly anxious about it, but it is important that if at all possible, your child has a reasonable breakfast, because again, that's fuel for them for the day. It gets their brain going, it gets them set up and, and, and ready for the day. Some children aren't going to be able to eat mm-hmm. a full 12-piece fry in the morning. <laughs> so go with what suits them. You know, it yeah. may be a piece of fruit and a piece of granary toast. And if that's what works for them, then that's still a reasonable breakfast to be sent them out. But it's those small things that you can put in place as a parent to prepare your child to help them then ease into school. They're going in, they're feeling they're not hungry, yeah. they're well-rested, they're thinking about the positives, not necessarily focusing on the on the, the challenges they're going to have mm-hmm. and, and starting from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. And... um. Just following on from that, Charlie and I have to say that sleep is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I Emily, if she could, she would stay up to one or two in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously working in, in this environment, um, in parenting, I, I sort of knew right. We need to get these boundaries in place mm-hmm. for whenever she starts school, because obviously the whole summer where yeah. everything is just yeah. relax, it's do what you want, you know, all this kind of thing. Um, but coming into into September, we kind of had a conversation and. I don't know how much of it she took in, but she kind of was aware <laughs> yeah. that, you know, coming into this this new school year there would be some changes and we would be putting these boundaries in place. Um and bedtime routines would be a big one, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um so we made it very clear that, you know, yes you can use our mobile phone but it would be taken away mm-hmm. um the charge overnight. So mm-hmm. that is one of the strictest rules that we have. That phone does not, not go in a bedroom. Oh, very good! No, definitely not. I and it this, was about doing not Yeah, <laughs> I think <we're> probably all, <laughs> but um, it was it was preparing her, right? Uh-huh. So it wasn't like a shock to her system. It's just what works for us. Yeah. So, um, it's about what works for each individual yeah. Yeah, family because yeah. everybody's different. That's um, it. But it seems to be going okay for us at
0: the minute. Yeah. I suppose um if we kind of go back as well in terms of preparing, say the child's just starting, um, big skin, and. um It's about kind of taking away those, like, myths, I suppose, as you Mm -hmm. were saying around. So, things like, I mean, I remember doing, because I didn't go to, I didn't get into the school that I wanted to go to, I ended up going to a school. Now, it was my second choice, but it was Mm -hmm. further away from where I lived, so I had to get two buses, Mm -hmm. you know, one into town, one out to the end of the school, and Mm -hmm. I remember doing the journey with my dad, Mm -hmm. you know, doing things like that, so in the lead up to it so that I wasn't freaked out by getting the bus by myself into town now eventually my sister did come and then we had each other and you make friends on the bus Mm -hmm. and things like that even knowing things like that well you'll meet new people and all um and knowing maybe the child's timetable so things like um because you may be concerned or the child's maybe concerned about all these different classes, classrooms to get to. And I think, well, certainly whenever I was at school, they did all that kind of run through with you. Mm-hmm. What departments were mm-hmm. in which section of the school um, and just kind of familiarizing your child with those things, which kind of takes away that air of maybe apprehension around that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I, we live in the country, um, and um, transport is definitely a key contributor mm. to all of our thoughts about um mm-hmm. where our daughter's going to go to next when mm-hmm. um, she reaches secondary school age because realistically, you know, to start travelling further afield is going to mean more buses, more trains and it's just going to be more difficult and also costs for many families because... Yeah. Uh, there may be implications for families Mm -hmm. again if they live more rurally about what's available for Mm -hmm. them. So I think you know when again your primary school will hopefully help um prepare parents as well as the children for those kind of transitions. So, again, when I was talking to my um daughter about what schools, we were trying to be realistic that she wasn't choosing schools that were like three times away. That you know wasn't going to be easy for her to get there. And both time wise and then even from a safety point of view, where or how she was going to actually physically get there and even what time that you get home at. Mm-hmm. you know. So we were saying, well, if you go to a school here, that means you might get home at half four, but if you go there, you might get home to after five o'clock. Mm-hmm. So it's about taking all those things into yeah. consideration. Yeah. And I do think transport is one of the things that you don't necessarily think of straight away, mm-hmm. but it's actually really important. Mm-hmm. And as you have suggested, Emma, I think it's definitely a run through the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, we're still a year off making final decisions. Yeah. But we've already drove to the schools that, that we're thinking of, Over the weekend, and we're sending her daughter. Like that's where the bus or train might let you off. That's where you have to to walk to. So we're starting to plant the seed in her head that she's Mm going to have to become more independent. Yeah. Because again, living in the country, there isn't those opportunities. I mean, she's not used to getting buses or trains or anything by herself. So this is quite a big step for all of us. Yeah. (laughs) I have to say, Uh um. So again, it's about me keeping a check on my emotions. Where I'm thinking, oh my goodness, she's going to have to get like a bus and a train (laughs) and do this and do that. Um, so I keep those thoughts to myself mm-hmm. and not necessarily in front of her because I know she feeds immediately off that. Mm-hmm. So even if she wasn't concerned, she would be concerned if she thinks that I am yeah. worried. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to be as positive as possible and reassuring, but letting her see what that is. And as, mm-hmm. as both of you said, there are other children making that journey mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's about looking at, and we've talked to other uh, families with older siblings at schools and they've mm-hmm. said, oh yeah, my daughter gets that bus and this is what she does. Yeah. And you know, it's about that conversation constant reassurance because it is it's hugely different than like I drop my children off at primary school at the moment yeah. so from yeah. going from your parent dropping you at the door
0: of your yeah. little itty bitty primary school to them thinking you're going to have to get a train to Belfast yeah. followed by a bus know, or whatever it's daunting actually for the parent as well yeah, just you're be that you're saying that because <laughs> you're you're going there each day you know the teacher yeah. you maybe you're maybe getting to chat to the teacher you, you probably know your other children in obviously yeah. in your child's class maybe the parents as yeah. well you might be seeing them at the school gate whereas when they go to biggest school it's like who is this child who's your new friend who's one of their par-? you know you kind of have all those things going on too um that's absolutely right and i think primary
1: school um provides lots of parents with a really wonderful opportunities to meet other parents <laughs> uh, and i certainly have benefited from my child being at a school where i've then made lots of really good friendships with parents of children of similar mm-hmm. ages. Yeah. And I've already been reflecting that what is likely that to change. change yeah. You know, even my conversations with them, we've all got different because we live in slightly different areas, mm-hmm. we've all got slightly different um thoughts. Mm-hmm. So the chances are a reasonable proportion of us are going to end up in different places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as you say, as a parent then you have to be prepared that well that those friendships are going to change for you too, yeah. and you're going to be the new parent at the school gate, mm-hmm. and it's not even the same at the school gate, we all know what primary schools are, it can be like with mm-hmm. parents all congregating at the three o'clock bell, and yeah. there are those opportunities, it's different, as uh, you yeah. say, when your child goes yeah. to, to big school, and the chances are they'll be getting transport themselves, so you won't maybe be at that school gate very often, mm-hmm. so that all looks very,
0: very different mm-hmm. for parents as well as the children. Yeah, I know. The more we're talking here now, it's starting to sound like it's all very daunting again. So maybe to round up, can we have some, like, well, Kelly, you've been through yes, it all Nice. Yes. Let's have some positives and maybe some, um, not that there wasn't positives. I think mm-hmm. we've discussed an awful lot of good stuff here that will be very reassuring for mm-hmm. parents. But maybe just some takeaways for this month's episode in terms of um, managing that transition mm-hmm. with your child.
2: Well, I would say, having gone through it, the first thing really is that, It does seem very hard at the moment, but you do come through it. And whatever happens, Mm -hmm. you make a plan and um, you see it through. Mm -hmm. So there's always everything. I mean, I think everything usually works out okay in the end. I've seen Emily. Um, really flourish actually mm-hmm. now she has grown up very quickly I must say mm-hmm. but in a good way mm-hmm. and she's given all these new opportunities and yes there are challenges but that's life yeah. and it's a good learning skill for her to realize that you know everything doesn't go according to plan sometimes mm-hmm. and you do have to have a wee bit of resilience you do have to learn how to bounce back from things when they go wrong but as I say it usually does all work out okay for for the best in the it's end okay in the end that's what I would really? say yeah definitely
1: yeah. And obviously I'm a parent who has yet to go through it, so you can talk to me in a year and a half to see <laughs> how that's all went. But I think one of the things that I've already taken as a real positive from going through the open nights and, and bringing, I've been bringing my three children round with me, as I say, who are slightly younger, and it's given them a real enthusiasm for things that they have yet to experience. So for example, science. And mm-hmm. as I say, the laboratories, yes, we're all kitted out with, yeah. the, the, with the latest every Bunsen burner burning and every experiment going. <laughs> But I have to say, then, my boys have been really enthused by that. And them's okay. now saying he wants to be a scientist. And he's oh, so wow. excited about oh. it all. And he's been asking me about atoms and molecules. Wow. And so it's already piqued an interest in them. Okay. Yeah. And my daughter, who's turn it is to go through the transition, she's talking about drama. And she mm. wants to go to a school that places a good emphasis and having lots of opportunities with regards to plays and dramas and musicals. Because that's something she's really interested in. So although, yes, as we've reflected, it is a process that we need to be prepared for some challenges. I think all in all, the opportunities by far outweigh the challenges that we may have (laughs) to overcome. It's about being prepared for them. And it's about you as a parent being that positive role model Mm -hmm. as far as possible for your child. Um, and when there is a blip as Kelly suggested earlier on it's been really open and transparent talking about it with your child if they're concerned about things that might seem trivial ask them what exactly is the detail of that and Mm -hmm. let's talk about that and the reality is Know, yeah, you know your fears are probably not going to be compounded. yeah so it is about looking at this as an opportunity as to all the new subjects they're going to have at their disposal um and all the different opportunities and all the new friendships you know primary are quite small which yeah. is great for that age group yeah but it, it limits their opportunities to meet people from more diverse backgrounds and things like that as well yeah. so i'm really excited in equal measures, I would say, apprehensive <laughs> 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 about the opportunities that yeah. uh, the transition is going to provide my daughter. Yeah,
0: I have to say, talking to you both today about um about this particular topic, the thing that has struck me is just relationships, mm-hmm. which a lot of these things actually boil down to. So your relationship with your child, mm-hmm. talking to them about it, preparing them for what's to come. And you probably get a bit of both ways from that. You're getting a bit of reassurance from your child maybe as well at times about what's going on in school. But also then with um your relationship with the school as well mm-hmm. and checking in with teachers and, you know, preparing yourself for what's going to be be happening in school. Um, and if again, if, I suppose if your child maybe doesn't settle that you, mm-hmm. as well maybe as you thought. That you have those communication lines open there with the school as well thanks very much for listening this month and um, as we suggested earlier in the episode there you can go onto our website and have a look at the research paper um, that we've produced around transitions and um, another thing to note maybe actually while we're talking is that applications for primary school are open as well so that's another transition um, that your child might be going through um, maybe going from nursery into primary school um, you can check out the Education Authority's website around the digital um, applications for that um, and if you're you're worried or concerned our support line is also there you can contact us on free phone 0808 8010722 Charlene and Kelly, thank you so much for chatting to me this month um, about a topic that hopefully will reassure lots of parents appreciate your time Thank, thank you. you Thank you